Sunday morning. Time for some jazz. Well, I can only speak for myself this morning, of course, because I'm the only one speaking right now. There's a joke in there somewhere if we look hard enough, I think. This time change thing we do in the spring, can we just leave the clocks where they are now permanently? The spring forward, fall back thing really messes me up. I mean, I really do like the extra daylight at the end of the the day now, of course. And I'm fine with the darkness in the morning. It, it doesn't trouble me all that much. But that uh, one hour that I've lost, and I say lost because I get up every day at five, and this morning when I awoke, it was six, according to my clock, because it changes automatically. And I was a little out of sorts for some time. I feel a little jet-lagged as a result, and I, uh, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow's workday only because of the jet-lagged aspect that I feel. I have no doubt that you feel the same way. It's a common, common trait amongst those of us who have traveled that when we experience a sudden time change such as this, that it deeply affects us on a emotional and uh, physical level. Oftentimes the day after the, the time change, the traffic accidents begin to increase because we're a little distracted and not fully there which is the only reason I'm not looking forward to tomorrow's workday. I have to drive across town, and I hope I don't make any mistakes because the project that I'm going to be working on can't afford to have any. Okay, enough about me. I hope you are well. And this morning, I, of course, have uh, five jazz artists for you. Uh, three of uh, two, two I should say, two of them I have played uh, a number of times in the past because I, I love these artists' work, and there's three new uh, recordings I have for you today as well. So, shall we get to it? I think we shall. To start the day off, um, I'm going to begin with the incredible, incomparable, 82-year-old Charles Lloyd. Now, this uh, album was released quite recently. I think it was just um, the 12th of March, as a matter of fact. This record is uh, Charles Lloyd and the Marvels. It's uh, his third recording uh, with the Marvels. Marvels or Marvels. I don't know how you want to pronounce that. It's an ensemble without uh, piano for a change. Bill Frizzle on guitar, Greg Lice on uh, pedal steel guitar. Ruben Rogers on bass, Eric Harland on drums, and of course, saxophonist extraordinaire, Mr. Charles Lloyd. This is a tone poem from the most recent album, Charles Lloyd and the Marvels. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
composition, Tone Poem, from the album Tone Poem. I believe that was originally recorded in 1985. Uh, and uh, this is a rather departure in this interpretation thereof. But then again, it is his composition, so he has the right to change it up as he sees fit. The man is uh, a, a, an absolute god amongst men when it comes to sax players in the jazz milieu, as he's been around and recording since the early 1960s. He signed a contract with CBS Records in 1964, and uh, he began to record as a band leader almost immediately. His very first recording, Discovery, uh, was uh, released in 1964 on the Columbia label. He moved to Atlantic in 1966, and uh, he's changed up labels a number of times since then. He's been with Blue Note for the last uh, six or seven years, I believe, and has uh, been releasing albums quite regularly, one, one a year at least, with this most recent one, of course, Tone Poem. This, uh, like I said, was re- released, it was March 2nd, not March 12th, my apologies. I sometimes make mistakes, my notes aren't perfect, and neither am I, but the music sure is. You can uh, read all about Mr. Charles Lloyd and the review of this most recent record on jazztrail.net. And if you want some more information, well, there is quite a, a plethora available for Mr. Lloyd. I, uh, I'm not going to go deep into it today because I have uh, featured him several times on this show and will continue to do so in the future. Because, quite frankly, I just absolutely love his playing. It just takes me away to another place. So, with that being said, let's go to another place. I'm going to play um, a bebop composition written by Charlie Parker in 1946. Uh, this recording um, was released, uh, I think, about a week ago. I don't have an exact release date. Um, oh, no, sorry. My apologies. It was released in December. Yes. No. Not December, what am I saying? My goodness gracious. I'm mixing up the dates. It was released March 12th. <laughs> you know, 1203, Anyway, yes, March 12th. Uh, so just a couple of days ago, uh, Friday, actually, this is uh, from the, um, the Dutch uh, jazz trio, Engels, T.P., and Herman. And I'll tell you all about them in a few minutes, but first I want you to listen to this. This is Moose the Moocher. Moose the Mooch, sorry, not Moocher, but Mooch.
Moose the Mooch from the album When Will the Blues Leave by Engels, Deep and Herman, released just this past Friday. So these three Dutch gentlemen have been in the jazz scene for quite some time now. Drummer uh, John Engels, his career started in 1953, so he's been pounding on the skins for what, 67 years? My goodness, 68 years, I guess. Yeah, 68 years. And uh, he's, he's played basically with a who's who of the jazz world. Stan Getz, Dizzy Gillespie, Ray Brown, Toots Thielemans. He's played on over 250 records, all told. And he did record with uh, the late, great Chet Baker. Now, bass player, uh, Joris Tip, spelt T-E-E-P-E, uh, he's been living in New York City since 1992, but he's been involved in the jazz music scene for over 30 years. He's the, the youngest of the, uh, of the trio, of the group. Sorry, just hit the mic stand there. I apologize. That happens sometimes. And he's collaborated with uh, Benny Golson, Don Braden, Bobby Watson, Sonny Fortune, Chris Parter, just to name a few. He, uh, he also worked and toured with uh, Rashida Lee, who was uh, John Coltrane's last drummer for uh, John Coltrane. Of course, uh, met his timely demise from uh, cancer. And then uh, one of the most uh, well-known and respected sax players in all of the Netherlands, Benjamin Harmon, or Herman, I should say. Uh, he's, he's guested on over 150 albums in total. And he's very, very highly sought after, sought after sideman throughout, um, throughout Europe for the most part. As I stated earlier, this record was released on Friday. It's titled When Will the Blues Leave, which is also a track on the record. Engels, Tiep, and Herman, three jazz giants from the Netherlands. I think uh, if you check out the entire record, it's, it's really quite something. I like it from start to finish. I hope you like it too. Okay, I'm going to um, change it up just a slight little bit here. Uh, I want to play uh, the Belmondo, Belmondo Quintet. And this is uh, recently released. I don't have the, the... Let's see if I can find the actual date when this was released. It's not that long ago. This is um, the, from the album is titled Brotherhood. And this song is called Pretext.
pretext from the Belmondo Quintet, the brothers Lionel and Stefan Belmondo. Of course, they have been on the scene for quite a number of years. Stefan Belmondo started studying uh, piano at the age of six. He's also a, a very accomplished uh, drummer, trumpet player, flugelhornist, and, believe it or not, he plays the accordion. He uh, and his brother hail from the Côte d'Azur region of France, from a commune uh, uh, called Hers, H-E-R-S, uh, H-Y-E-R-E-S. I do not know if I've pronounced that correctly, and I'm, I'm quite certain that I have not, <laughs> and I apologize. But the Belmondo brothers have been uh, making music since about 1992, I think, when they first started recording. Or Actually, no, what am I saying? My goodness, 1988. Um, they were recording with Gil Evans, the great Gil Evans. So they have been on the scene for 30... Um, 34 years now. Of course, Stefan uh, was born in 1967, so he's 53. He's just a year older than myself. A very, very, very accomplished musician. As I said, his father had him study music from the very young, tender age of six. Uh, he attended the Conservatory of Music at the Aix en Provence, where he studied cornet and accordion and then was admitted to uh, the trumpet class of the Marseille Conservatory at the age of 16. So, basically, he was born to be a musician by every stretch of the imagination. There's actually no imagination required there. He's been a member of uh, Michel Legrand's uh, big orchestra and has played all over the world and is uh, one of France's uh, most influential jazz musicians, along with his brother, of course, and their, uh, their famous quintet, the Belmondo Quintet. As, as the Belmondo Quintet, they have about, I think, 16 albums released. Uh, or no, sorry. Uh, 16 albums as the duo Lionel and Stefan and sometimes Stefan, and then there's the Belmondo Quintet. So there's a lot under the Belmondo name that you can find if you're looking for the catalog. So it's it's a combination of the Quintet and then the brothers and then soloist Stefan. Anyway, this record is very, very new. I think it was released only about a week ago. I don't have the exact date when it was released, but yes, it's uh, the newest one in their catalog. Checking through my notes here, I I was off. It wasn't released. Well, it was released technically last week, Friday of last week, so a mere two days ago, the 12th of March, uh, 2021, for the latest album from the Belmondo Brothers. Of course, the Belmondo Quintet. And uh, you can check out his uh, St- Stefan Belmondo's uh, official website. It's stefan-belmondo.com, where you can find all of his music for sale. Uh, such a talented individual, and oh, so very French in so many ways. If you've ever been to France, and if you've ever been to a jazz club in France, you will understand how passionate the French are towards jazz music. It is just spectacular. My favorite jazz club on planet Earth is the uh, Caveau de Houchette on Houchette Street in the uh, fifth quarter, Cartier, uh not Cartier, oh my goodness gracious. In the fifth, as they say, en Paris, uh, dans la cinq. It's just on the south side of the Seine, uh, a mere stone's throw from Notre Dame Cathedral. And it's uh, in a 600-year-old building carved out of uh, rock in the basement where the, the uh, cavernous atmosphere lends to amazing acoustics. And I've talked about it before. My good friend uh, Chris um, was a band leader and had played there. It was funny. We were having pints one evening at the uh, Lieutenant's Pump, and we were talking about jazz and jazz venues. And I said, well, my favorite uh, jazz club in the world is the Le Caveau de Houchette. He goes, oh, my goodness gracious. One second. Pulls up his phone and pulls up a video of him on stage directing the band at the Caveau de Houchette. And I'm like, what a small world. Anyway, the Belmondo Brothers and the Belmondo Quintet, spectacular group of musicians. 
Seek them out. You will not be disappointed. Trust me on that one. Okay. Moving things along. I don't want to get um, too far off base here. I have another uh, selection of music I think you're really going to enjoy. If you are unfamiliar with the uh, following act, uh, they've been around for quite some time now. Uh, They've done separate recordings, of course, as all jazz musicians do. This is the modern jazz trio with uh, Jerry Bergonzi. And the name of the album is Standard Gomes, G-O-N-Z, which I think is kind of cool, myself. Title of this track is Prelude to a Kiss. Thank <laughs> you. 
jazz trio with Jerry Bergonzi. As uh, it is well known if you, well, if you are a big jazz fan, that Jerry Bergonzi uh, recorded uh, nine albums in total with the late great Dave Brubeck from 1973 to 1981. And he was the head saxophonist. He had the saxophone chair um, from 79 to 83. Even though they didn't record in the last couple of years together, he uh, was still with the band and touring. The Modern Jazz Trio, now, uh, here's where it gets a little complicated. Um, the Modern Jazz Trio is uh, Carl Winther on piano, Johnny Amann on bass, and Anders Morgensen on drums. But this particular record is them exclusively playing with Mr. Bergonzi. Bergonzi? I hope I've pronounced his name correctly. I've known about him for a long time, but don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He is, of course, a um, internationally recognized saxophone player. He has his uh, B.A. in music education from the University of Massachusetts, which he received in 1971, and he's also the founder of Not Fat Records. I'm just going to leave that one alone. He's also a teacher at the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. And he's written a book titled um, Inside Improvisation. It's, a, well, I guess a multi-volume series of instructional books uh, with play-along CDs and videos. And, uh, well, it's all about uh, jazz improvisation. He's recorded with Blue Note Records, of course, Concord, Atlantic, and about a dozen other labels. The man has, well, a rather extensive uh, catalog of music available. As I said, he, he recorded from 73 to 81 with the late, great Dave Brubeck, who was one of my favorite jazz artists of all time. Sadly, I did not get to see Mr. Brubeck the last time he played Ottawa, and it is a regret that I will, uh, I will always have. Whenever we can go back to seeing live music shows... If an artist comes to town that you want to see, find a way to make it happen. You don't want to live with regrets of not seeing the artists that you always wished you could. Because once they're gone, they're gone for good. And if COVID and quarantine, isolation and lockdown has taught us anything, it's to not take those moments for granted. I am... I'm looking forward to going to music festivals again. As I understand, Blues Fest is still on, and City Folk, which is in September, shouldn't be an issue. I don't know if Jazz Fest will go ahead this year. I certainly hope it will. I'd like to uh, 
I'd like to attend some shows this year. I really, really would. And I don't imagine anybody listening is any different than I am when it comes to that. Boy, do I miss going to a live concert. Okay, enough about me and enough about that. The Modern Jazz Trio, you can find the recordings available on Spotify. And this uh, recent album, which uh, was released just this past week, uh, Mr. Uh, well, Modern Jazz Trio with uh, Jerry Bogonzi. It was just, yeah, it was released about a week ago. And it is, like I said, on the Spotify. They already have a single that's been streamed almost 800,000 times, which is a pretty high number for jazz artists. Just give you an idea of how popular this gentleman really is. Okay, we're reaching the end of the show. I have one more selection of music for you today. And I'm going to play my favorite, Mr. Oscar Peterson, the man with four hands. Might go see his statue later today, just because I haven't been to it in a few weeks, because it was, you know, kind of chilly, and it's, it's not exactly warm out today in Ottawa, but it is as light, bright, and sunny. So yes, on my venture to the grocery store, I think I'll stop by and sit with Oscar for a few minutes and listen to some of his music. So this selection is from the um, Verve um, Spotlight album, titled um, Spotlight on Oscar Peterson. It's available on the Spotify. It's uh, 50 tracks in total, a little over three hours in length. And this recording is um, Chicago, 1961. Uh, This is a live recording, live at the London in Chicago. Have a listen to the master at work. This is Oscar Peterson. Thank you. 
Oh yeah, the Maharaja of the keyboard, the maestro, the master. Terribly sorry about that. Oscar Peterson, Trio, from the album The Trio, recorded live at the London House in Chicago in 1961. It's often thought that that was uh, generally um, when Oscar was at his absolute peak form. When he was at the uh, the top of his game, as the saying goes, and I can't doubt that when you listen to his playing, you understand why they called him the man with four hands. And on that recording, as part of the trio, was uh, Ray Brown playing the double bass and uh, the great Ed Thigpen on drums. Record was reissued in 1997 with um, five additional bonus tracks. The original recording had a total of seven songs in total, and that was not the longest one, actually. The longest track is Sometimes I'm Happy at almost 12 minutes. And you know what? I can never get enough of Oscar's playing. He truly was the man with four hands. The maestro, the maharaja of the keyboard. OP, as he was very well known in the industry. Time for me to go sit beside him on his... Bench at his statue at the National Arts Center here in Ottawa. Listen to the playing, because the music pipes through 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Maybe I'll record a TikTok there. Maybe. We'll see. Well, I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's program, my stumbling and mumbling and bumbling all through it. Um, I had to take a break. Um, I I started this early in the morning. And then I was hit with a tremendous migraine, so I had to walk away for a couple of hours to try and recover so that I could finish the show. So it's taken me longer than normal to get this uh, recorded and put up there for you to listen to. Either way, wherever you are in this world, I hope you're doing well. Have a wonderful day. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.